where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. The lead anchor for MLB Network, a native of St. Louis, product of the Lindenwood University. Greg Amzinger joins us now. Greg, good morning. Uh, did your phone blow up when MLB Network revealed the number one player and no, more notably, I guess, the number four player in baseball right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Shohei Otani, number four. I, I played the game last night and I did it differently. It was my, I think, 14th, 13th year hosting the show. I decided... And, and there was a lot of choreography that had to take place for this to happen. I did not want to know the order. So so Chris Young and Ron Darling, my co-host, they knew who was 10 through 1. I told my production staff that I did not want to know. I wanted to learn alongside all of America, right? And I was pulling for Otani to be number one. I think he's the best baseball player in the world, hands down. I mean, he's, it's the equivalent of flying. He knows how to hover above the ground. He can fly. No one else can. He's not going to fly in 2024. So we think he's not the best baseball player on the planet. He's, just, he's healing up to fly again in 2025. So I thought he should have still been number one. But this is an opportunity for someone else to be number one. But my phone blew up for a different reason. And as you all know, uh, when Ronald Acuna Jr. was the number one player, by the way, uh, you know, the best broadcasting, the best radio, the best television sometimes are the off-the-cuff, oh, oh my goodness, stuff that, that you don't know is going to happen. Well, we're about to go live and, and, and reveal who's number one. Once we reveal Mookie Betts, is number two with a montage is what they call it. So it's like you throw to a piece of tape and you're Mookie Betts with a home run. And you're hearing all these broadcasters talk when you're seeing highlights of Mookie and he's number two. So our mics are dead and obviously we know who's number one now and they want to check in Ronald Acuna Jr. So they're like, hey, Greg, say hi to Ronald Acuna Jr. You guys are going to talk Mookie Betts. You're going to throw the uh, Acuna montage and then you'll interview Ronald Acuna Jr. So I got 30 seconds to check him in. So I'm like, hey, Ronald, thanks for joining us, man. I'm surprised. It's big. Uh, can you hear me? He's like, yeah, I can hear you. And they go checking in his interpreter, Franco from the uh, Brave. Really nice guy. So I'm trying to check him in as well. And then I go real quick before I let you go, Ronald, do I, do, do I need to uh, have Franco interpret your question, my question to you? Can we skip that? And he looks at me with like a little panic on his face. He goes, sure, yeah, we could skip it. Now, Molly Cooney Jr. Never, we've never interviewed him in English. He's, he's always had an interpreter. So we do the Mookie thing. We go to number one. It's Raleigh Cooney Jr. I bring in Raleigh Cooney Jr., okay, live. He's with his interpreter. You see him on the big screen, both boxes. It's, it's Acuna and then Franco, the interpreter. I ask uh, uh, Raleigh Cooney Jr., what does it feel like to be number one? What does it mean to you? He answers in English. <laughs> in English. He got confused when I said, do I need to have him interpret the question? So we did the entire interview with Ronald Acuna Jr. in unbelievable English. 
And there were a couple moments he was really pulling for it. And Franco just sat there doing nothing. He sat on TV doing nothing. And I told him, I go, Franco, at the end, we didn't need you, but you look like a proud father. He goes, wasn't his English great? I'm like, it was amazing. <laughs> and Ronald Acuna, I think, was more proud. He was more proud of himself for doing a live national TV interview in English for the first time he's ever done it than, than being the number one player in the world. <laughs> so it was a really cool TV moment. It was it was fantastic. And then when, when you said that to Franco, he just kind of throws up his arms and says, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, okay. I don't know why I was here, but it was a pretty good Zoom call. That was great. I, I loved it. Okay, the other thing, and Greg, we didn't get to this last week, but I know that you guys have been negotiating with Adam Wainwright for a while, and he'll be one of your coworkers at MLB Network this season. Uh, I'm so excited about this. It was hard to get him because he's a busy guy. And usually the great ones are really busy. So to look at their calendar and see what days could work and what would make sense for him uh, was a challenge. But uh, he adds so much to our network. He really, really does. My friends are razzing me. They're like, what, what's next in two years? Are, are you going to be on the set with Pujols, Wainwright, and Mosaic? And I'm like, yes. Yes, absolutely. That's what we do. That's my master plan. So everyone in St. Louis knows uh, Mosaic doesn't. So John, I'm coming for you when you step down uh, as a front office executive. We need more bow ties on our network, and I think you bring that. Um, but, yeah, I think Wainwright, with everything he's done in the game, how beloved he is, uh, I, I can't wait to do live look-ins on MLB tonight with him. <laughs> first, off, first of all, as you all know, he's hilarious. So that, that wit will really uh, be showcased in ad-lib format like MLB Tonight. I think he's a perfect fit. Greg, I want to go back to the top 100 because I'm scrolling through it right now that you guys unveiled. And I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And finally, at number 33, I find Nolan Arnato. That's quite the drop from six last year to number 33 this year. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. The problem is... Part of this the show is projecting. I think it should be 60-40 projecting. So it's in the last three years, all the accolades that you have along with it, and then we have to look forward based on, you know, like Juan Soto is, I think, number six or seven on this list. And the reason for that is, well, Aaron Judge is hitting behind him. And so I mean, that's going to impact and the new ballpark that he's playing. And look at his home road splits last year. Petco Park, which is not a hitter's haven, he hit 240 with like 10 home runs. He went on the road. He's one of the best players in baseball. So he's going to go to that short porch and right field at Yankee Stadium with Aaron Judge hitting behind him. He doesn't have to expand. He can take his walks if you want to walk him. He's got Judge next. I, that's why we're, we're projecting to, for a monster year. And there's so many young players in the game that you have to project and get excited about. So Arenado and Goldie in their 30s, future Hall of Famers, it's just hard to project bigger and better numbers for them when you look at the 25-year-olds that are in the game that are all soaring to new heights. So I, 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 he would even tell you he had a down year. I think he's a top 20 player still. I really do. What do you think about these guys, like the four players that are represented specifically by Scott Boris, signing at some point here in the next week or two? Jordan Montgomery has made some noise here in St. Louis. You could understand that. But the big four guys that he still represents in, in trying to find teams. He's, he's playing the waiting game, and more than likely, it's going to work. There's always a knee-jerk reaction to a significant injury to a key cog in your rotation or your lineup. 
what happened for Josh Hader. I don't think a lot of people expected him to get record AAV as a closer, even over Edwin Diaz. Edwin, because he had deferred money, his AAV record was snapped by Josh Hader, who wanted the biggest contract ever for a reliever. So technically, he did get that. No one was saying that they were going to give that to him. No one thought that he was worthy of it based on the fact he wouldn't take the ball in the eighth inning in a, in a must-win for the Padres at the end of the year. Last year, Bob Melvin was furious, and he has his own rules and regulations about how you use him. So that kind of tainted him, and his brand came down a bit. But then the Houston Astros lost Kendall Graveman. And, and Houston Astros are as win now as you can be with all the players that are in their 30s from the dynasty team that they had. So they need to make sure the back end of that bullpen is legit. And while Ryan Presley's a great reliever, he doesn't have the swing and miss Josh Hader has. So that, that injury spurred a knee-jerk reaction to give in to the free agent. And that's what happened. I think Scott Boris is banking on, as these, as these spring training camps roll on, Injuries to a rotation. If you're the Yankees and Nestor Cortez goes down, for example, oh no, let's sign Blake Snell. What does he want? Right? Like, uh, you know, you're going to need depth. And once there's an injury, you're going to see these four guys get gobbled up. I, I'm extremely confident all four will be signed before opening day, but that's the waiting game. And it's Scott Boris, who just waits everyone out. I heard a story, Ron Darling told it uh, to me last night, that uh, before camp, before spring training, the last player to arrive with the Oakland A's was either Jose Canseco and Ricky Henderson. And it was the most hilarious thing ever because they would sit in their cars in the parking lot <laughs> and stare at each other to see which one would go in first because whoever went in last would get in the most trouble but in the clubhouse they thought it was like an honor like wow you really waited him out so to me this is what Boris is doing right now and he's probably going to win. Greg we're going to do a segment at 8 o'clock which Cardinal are you most excited about watching in 2024? Let's get that answer from you which Cardinal are you most? Jordan Walker it's Jordan Walker and it's everybody else I mean the weirdness that happened when he started the season uh, let's get that all out of the way he's not going to have that. I hope this is just me and I don't know if any anybody's listening that's you know connected to the Cardinals uh, fingers crossed put him towards the top of the lineup please please like I don't need to see him at seven I don't want to see him at eight put him in the top four I don't care which four you put him in but I want to see Jordan Walker hit in the first inning every, every game the Cardinals play and let's just close our eyes and imagine what he could do there so I would love to see that I think Jordan Walker could have an all-star season if you hit him in the, towards the top of the lineup where he's hit his entire life, right, but, but other than last year. And it let him just become the new face of the Cardinals. Like, please. And I think if they do that, you got a star in the banking. He is by far the player I'm the most excited to watch. I want to ask you about the uniforms, and there's been a lot of consternation about this, and certainly here in St. Louis, you can understand how people get into it, but really it's going nationwide. Is there something they can do to adjust quote unquote, the pants and also the names on the back of the uniform because people are pretty fired up about it. Yeah, look, this is the maiden voyage, right, of, of changing uniforms. Anytime you implement change in this sport, good luck. That's why I look, people say what they want about Rob Manfred as a commissioner. He had the perfect demeanor to be a commissioner during this time of massive change. What does that mean? He, he, he's used to sparring with people. I mean, it's the lawyer, labor lawyer, right? He, he's, he's used to having heated exchanges. He's used to people not liking him. I don't think he cares. And that is the kind of person you needed for this time of massive change. When it comes to uniforms, that is like the symbolic uh, aspect of tradition. Major League Baseball. Don't mess 
with these wonderful pieces of art that our heroes play in. Well, they messed with them. They, they're always trying to evolve, and it's not going over well. What I'll tell you is this. This, this uh, commissioner's office, they care about what fans like and what they don't like, and they listen to fans. So if this is not going over well, adjustments will be made. That is how this group operates. I don't, can't confirm that yet, so I don't get a headline somewhere on social media from one of your listeners, Amsinger says that the uniform is going to change. That's not what I'm saying yet. I'm just saying they listen to the fans and adjustments will no doubt be made. Well, I also want to ask you about, speaking of Rob Manfred, we talked about this yesterday because he announced that he's going to retire in 2029. What would you like to see happen with baseball before he does retire? Ooh, that's a really, really good question. I would like to see, and, and to me, it's, it's disappointing that he said that uh, expansion will not happen under his watch. I mean, he's going to be rolling through January 2029, right? So he's got a few more years left. I think it is time to make that announcement. I would love to have the announcement of the 31st and the 32nd Major League Baseball franchises under his watch. And the reason I say that is there's not controversy in that. That that isn't change that is going to get you know blood boiling. I, I, he deserves an easy announcement. Okay, like every single thing he's implemented has been polarizing, and fans and players and GMs and owners eventually grow to like all these changes. He's made the game so much better, and I loved the game before, but it's better now. It, it's keeping up with the times, and to me, that that's massively important. So I would love to see him have a wonderful ceremony where it's nothing but excitement to have two new franchises announced, two exciting fan bases, two beautiful cities. He deserves that, and he needs to be the one that's part of that. So I would love to see expansion happen before he steps down in January of 2029. All right, Greg Amsinger, finally, you know, we asked the tough questions here. Uh, Nolan Gorman, the, the Cardinal nominal designated hitter, has lost 10 pounds by changing the popcorn that he eats. He's changed to a popcorn that is made with coconut oil. You're in great condition. What snack is your number one snack? Gorman's is popcorn. He changed the popcorn to a different one. What's Greg Amsinger's go-to snack? Chips and salsa. Oh, my goodness. If I was on an island and I could only have one food to eat for the rest of my life, it'd be chips and salsa. It's so bad. I'm a dog in a trash can when you give me chips and salsa. I don't, I don't know what full is. I, I honestly I have no definition for it. I just eat the whole jar of salsa, and then I tell myself, I guess I'm full now because I just ate an entire jar of salsa. So no joke, I'm sitting here in my bedroom, and I'm reading a book. I'm halfway through this book, and it's called The Hunger Habit. Why we eat when we're not hungry and how to stop. I'm not kidding you. It's by Justin Brewer. So it's a very poignant question that you just asked me. It is something I have to work on because when you love the thing you love, it becomes a habit and we're kind of chained down by the habits we create. So this book is fascinating. It's a New York Times bestseller. I promise you I have no financial gain in this book. Brandy was not put on the spot to ask me this question. No. This was a complete ad lib. And I am reading about this. And it, it, we can only exercise so much. As we get older, we're kind of hurting our bodies if we go too hard. So it's really portion control and recognizing that we have these mental games that we play. And Nolan Gorman recognized it in a different way. I'm recognizing that I have to have a relationship with the word full. 
I don't know what it is. I got to have that in my head. I got to know when I'm full. So it's hard, man. It's a lifelong struggle. It, it, it's hard trying to look like you're in shape when you're really not. So, Greg, here's the thing, though. When you go to a Mexican restaurant, they put chips and salsa on the table for free. It's the first thing they bring out. They don't want you to get full. They're going to keep bringing those chips and salsa out to you. I never get full when when I've got chips and salsa in front of me. I'm the exact same way. And you know what? I think it's just a natural thing because they're really good for you. Obviously, you've got tomatoes in the in the salsa, and that's really good for you. And then you've got flour. I mean, you've got to have uh, the, the sustenance. Oh, no, no, stop. Bring. You're talking me into this. Stop. You're making me hungry just by describing what's in salsa, Randy. <laughs> Why would you do this? It's delicious. Do you know? Do you know? I'm playing a game until I finish the book. I'm halfway through the book, so I'm not prepared to go back into a Mexican restaurant right now. Right? I'm not. So I'm to avoid it, I'm telling myself that there's a most wanted sign in every Mexican restaurant <laughs> in, in America, and my face is on it. And I think I'm going to go to prison if I step into a Mexican restaurant. So I cannot go. I'm not going to eat Mexican food, which is my favorite, until I finish reading this book and I have the mental tools to push it away. You will, well, you, you might be a stronger-willed person than I, <laughs> but <laughs> well, I can't do it. Randy, 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 it all comes down to want to, right? I don't think you want to. What is your favorite, what is your favorite food, Randy? Uh, oh, brother, there, it's, <laughs> it's chocolate-covered, dark chocolate-covered almonds. Really? Dark chocolate superfood, almond superfood. It's dark chocolate coconut covered almonds, uh, coconut superfood, all three superfoods. So I just, I go with that. I, I'm a great rationalizer, Greg. <laughs> you you rationalize, but you probably think you're getting healthier by every handful. You I am. That, that's the way I'm looking at it, brother. <laughs> That is how that that see, that is symbolic of how analytics are used in baseball. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> right. hey, they taught me the four food groups, and I'm not I'm not going to deviate, man. The stats bear out. This guy can't <laughs> run. He can't hit. He can't field, but man, he can walk. He's good at not swinging. We should sign him, and we should have him in the middle of our order. That is Randy rationalizing eating chocolate-covered almonds all the time. I love it. So Unfortunately, we have a chocolate-covered almond on the Cardinal roster, uh, so it's, it, it is what it is. <laughs> He shall go unnamed. He shall go unnamed. You have a great day. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. And we'll be watching MLB tonight. All right. Take care, guys. That was fun. Thanks. See you later. Take care. That's Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN.